Joining us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works as a hospitalist with the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. This is my first time seeing you since Halloween. Now, before yes. Halloween, we got a little bit of an update about what your family was going to do, but I didn't get to see your family in costume. So how did it go? (laughs) It went fabulous. Everyone had a great time. Um, Got lots of comments on their costumes and the kids were very pleased. Uh, I know Tyler's came home a little worse for wear, which means he had a great time. He had some fun in it. He yes. had some fun. I think you mentioned, Andrew, that you had mm-hmm. just so many trick-or-treaters in your neighborhood. We had over 450. 450 <laughs> trick-or-treaters. Yes. Were you prepared for this? No. No. We had 400 tr- and like 15 treats. And wow. I said to my husband, like, is that going to be enough? He's like, oh, we're going to have so many leftover. What are we going to do with right. all this extra candy? And Nope, I had to make a run to Lewis <laughs> and restock. Some more. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's great. It was um, it was a cool night that night, but mm-hmm. I feel like people went out a little earlier. Yeah, and uh, and there were still a lot of kids and they out. Bundled up. Um, my street was yes. parked. Um, there was cars parked all the way up and down the street. It was it was neat to see all the kids in their costumes. It's it was so very fun. exciting. Yeah, and I know it's especially fun for you. One of your yes. favorite. Things it's one to of do. my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, yep. and, and I think with trunk or treats and like mm-hmm. the other things being done earlier, there was more people out trick or treating in the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, it is a fun night. Yes. And, well, Dr. Cruz, I was getting my morning news today, and I learned that syphilis cases in newborns skyrocketed yes. in 2022, now at its highest record in 30 years. And for some reason, this just blew me away. I feel like with all of the knowledge we have and all of the resources we have, um, what a tragic thing for all these babies being born with syphilis. So I just want to talk about that to learn more about why this is happening um, in 2022 and 2023 and what what hurdles we're facing that are making this happen. So so what is syphilis and why does it cause and what complications does it cause in newborns and their mothers? So syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease um, that can be passed from person to person through sexual contact. And it also gets passed through the bloodstream into the placenta to the newborn. So a newborn can be born with syphilis if their mother contracts syphilis sometime during the pregnancy. Now, we should be testing women for syphilis at the beginning of the pregnancy. Uh, but if something happens you know, afterwards, a new partner or gets exposed to syphilis wow. during that pregnancy, you know, and the mom doesn't get seek treatment for that or doesn't notice... Yeah, because during pregnancy, everything hurts. So Mm -hmm. you may not notice there's a new Mm -hmm. um, infection going on. Usually syphilis causes genital sores and Mm -hmm. ulcers that are usually pretty painful. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, well, if they don't notice those sores and don't get treated for it, then it can pass to the newborn. And that can cause some pretty serious complications with uh, infants. Um, It can cause miscarriages with congenital syphilis. It can also cause stillbirths where the the uh, baby dies before it's delivered mm-hmm. and you'll deliver a baby that's not living. Mm-hmm. Um, can also cause prematurity where the baby is born early, low birth weights, and infants with this can die shortly after birth from the infection because uh, it can attack the brain uh, mm-hmm. and cause that. Uh, babies that are born with congenital syphilis 
can have uh, disorders with their bones, uh, like their shins especially will get bent. They're called saber shins. Their teeth also will um, develop improperly and they'll have these notches in their teeth. So they'll have these very deformed uh, teeth that kind of look like vampire teeth almost with kind of these little points on the ends with kind of a notch in the middle. Uh, it can cause an enlarged liver, enlarged spleen, which will lead to jaundice, kind of yellowing of the skin and eyes. can also um, lead to blindness mm. or deafness and can also lead to uh, skin rashes and meningitis, which is an infection of the brain. So very serious complications of something that is very treatable with antibiotics. Yeah. Yeah, it's just heartbreaking. I feel like you know, we're seeing this kind of mistrust of the medical community. Yes. And I feel like I hear about mothers choosing not to get medical care. Yeah. And so if you don't go in for that medical care when you're pregnant and you don't do these screening tests, because like you, you said, can miss this. we can treat this we while you're this. pregnant. Mm -hmm. So your baby can be born healthy. Yep. Um, but if we don't catch it right then and if we don't catch it with early in the baby the baby may not have any symptoms at the beginning and then rapidly progress to being very sick and and die from this right so you know with this if we catch it early in an infant we can treat it with antibiotics like i said if we treat the mom then again those antibiotics usually will pass through the placenta and go to baby so the quicker you find it the quicker you treat it the less likely there is to be these serious complications okay so one more reason why this prenatal care yes is so important um so is it everyone gets tested when you're pregnant does everyone get tested for syphilis it or generally is, kind of is in your first um there's a, what we call a prenatal panel where we'll just okay test for a lot a lot of things yes so um it's done through a blood test okay so that's usually how we will test it when they take your blood they'll that's in the test of things where we're checking you know blood type and we're checking for anemia we're checking for syphilis so that's usually in a, a standard panel that we would check for that okay but as you mentioned, that's usually early on in the pregnancy, pregnancy. and you could still get syphilis if later. You, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got nine months, mm -hmm. so there's time for that to happen, you know, in between, if, especially if you have a new partner or, um, you know, it's these lesions, the sores, and if they're not covered with a condom, you know, you could still pass it. So mm -hmm. that's always, you can even you know, have safer sex and still get it if that area is not properly covered covered. I think this education is so mm -hmm. important. Thank you, Dr. Cruz, for yes. talking about it to know that we can um, prevent some of these things with right. proper prenatal care. So uh, make sure you're, if you're pregnant, getting that prenatal care, talking to your physicians, establishing care with with a doctor. Exactly. So, all right. Well, it's time for us to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like t pipes and cigars or breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these, these symptoms 
should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Dr. Cruz, I know one of the television shows you are preparing for is addressing medical myths. Now, I know your television viewers are going to have to wait for December to watch the show, but I thought we'd talk about it today a little bit. I feel like there are a lot of medical myths out there, maybe passed on by your grandma or maybe being shared around social media, something as basic as an apple a day keeps the doctor away to to things way more complicated. So I'm going to ask you about a few of those that I'm familiar with. Uh, But first, I want to make sure we ask our listeners today, what medical myths have you heard? Give us a call now so we can ask Dr. Cruz about those. So give us a call with your medical myth questions, 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Okay, so let's start with a very timely one. Mm -hmm. Many of us are currently getting our flu shots. Yes. Can getting a flu shot give us the flu? No. No. (laughs) No. Okay. Despite what many people's anecdotal evidence is, Mm -hmm. um, the flu shot is inactivated. It's, aside from a very few rare ones, the flu mist is a live flu shot. So that would be the exception to the rule but uh, the flu shot itself it's dead inactivated virus so you can't get flu from it now will you feel a little bit of achy sore afterwards yes that's your immune system recognizing the vaccine and doing something about it so if you feel a little icky the next day good that means Mm -hmm. your immune system says hey we recognize something and we're fighting it because when your body's fighting something you feel a little crummy Mm -hmm. so that's your body ramping up those um getting and preparing to fight the flu and this is the time of year where there's tons of other colds Mm -hmm. and you know illnesses and runny noses that can all be around at the same time so you know it's very easy um i I had a professor the one time said do not confuse cause with coincidence just because two things happen at the same time or close to each other doesn't mean one caused the other Mm -hmm. Um, his favorite illustration was the incidence of shark bites also correlates with the amount of ice cream sold at the beach. Well, does ice cream, eating ice cream at the beach cause a shark bite? No, but people are at the beach in the summer. Sharks are at the beach year-round. Mm-hmm. But more shark bites in the summer when you're eating ice cream. Mm-hmm. But they have no correlation between each other. So if you don't eat ice cream, you're not safe from a shark bite at the beach. Sure. But the two happen and have statistics that mirror each other you know yes. ice cream cells go up when shark bites go up not related at all so it is very and sometimes it, it makes perfect sense you're like well this happened and then I, I got my flu shot and i felt crummy and i had a runny nose and a cough i it must have been from the shot not necessarily mm-hmm. so so it's very possible for us to 
get the flu even uh, yep. from other so from sort whatever sources. Yes, and the day before we get our shot, the day of getting our shot, not knowing it, and then the right. symptoms develop, or yeah. having a different strain of flu than what the flu shot protects against. Because mm-hmm. we know the flu shot, there are multiple different strains of flu, and they try to predict based on what was active in Australia, the you know mm-hmm. season before, uh, because it, it takes a long time to produce these flu shots. So things may have changed or shifted. We, we learned that with COVID, that strains will change and each strain behaves a little differently. So some years we get it spot on and it's pretty good production. Other years, not so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Switching gears here, mm-hmm. Dr. Cruz, does drinking cranberry juice help with a UTI? So drinking cranberry juice there's there's a protein in it that helps make the bladder wall slippery so it's harder for bacteria to latch on and cause a bladder infection Hmm. once they've already latched on cranberry juice isn't going to do anything to help so it's good for preventative but really not for treatment and actually um sometimes can make it worse if you're taking it cranberry juice with a uti Oh, so okay. Just because uh, you know, there's a pretty high sugar content in cranberry juice, so bacteria love sugar. Gotcha. So it it actually can make it worse. That was a medical myth I studied up on in residency, and because everyone told me, oh, yep, I'm taking cranberry pills. Yes, to prevent. Great. Once you've got it, it's not going to help. It's too late. Okay. All right. Good to know. These things, yeah. Uh, yes, we we hear these things, but are they true or not? All right, how about this one, Dr. Cruz? You should stay awake if you might have a concussion. No, absolutely not. Okay. That is what was used years ago when we were worried about having bleeding on the brain before we had CT scanners. So um, concussion, actually sleep is helpful to help heal a concussion. So if you keep waking someone up every two hours with concussion, you can actually make the concussion worse and last longer. Mm-hmm. Um, what they were watching for was, would you have that lucid interval with a subdural hematoma that could then expand and then you would suddenly die? So that's why we're you know, trying to wake people up and make sure that they were safe because that would need surgery to treat. Um, so concussions, no, you don't need to wake them up. Um, if we've ruled out bleeding on the brain, you know, with the CT scan in the ER, let them sleep. Okay. It's actually going to help. What if we haven't been to the ER, Dr. <laughs> Cruz? What if we're like, well, I don't know if we need to go to the ER. If we need to go to the ER, um, I would watch for changes in their behavior. Are their pupils unequal? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they nauseated and throwing up? Are they acting funny? Are they clumsy, tripping? All of those would be signs that something is very wrong and you need to get them in right away. Um, concussions is more like kind of irritability, um, trouble focusing, headache, sensitivity to light and sound. Um, kind of similar symptoms to migraines, basically, would be a concussion where it can cause this bad headache, uh, trouble sleeping or sleeping longer, um, not wanting to eat or eating too much. I mean, it, concussions really have uh, a broad, like there's like 22 common symptoms of concussions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you don't have to wake them up every hour to make sure that they're okay. You're just going to make them tired and crabby. Got it. Yes. I just finished reading a, a book that took place during um, World War One, where a kid fell out of a tree and then they were waking yep. him up to check on him every couple hours. That yep. was what they and told him to do. Because that's that was what the standard of care was at that time. And as we know, medicine changes as we get more information and 
at that time, they didn't have CT scanners, couldn't differentiate between an epidural hematoma, a subdural hematoma, and a concussion. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Yeah. Um, we just had a question come in, yes. Dr. Cruz. This um, caller says she was in her doctor's office a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they didn't say anything about getting an RSV shot. She's wondering why they might not have mentioned it probably slipped their mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they were busy focusing on why you were there. Usually if someone is actively sick, I want them to feel better before they get their RSV shot. So if you were mm-hmm. coming in for a cough or a cold, I'd want you to get over that before I challenge your immune system to do something else. So either got busy, slipped their mind. There have been many times where I walked out of the room and I'm like, oh, I should have asked them if they wanted their flu shot. Oh, I sh-, you know. Sure. So we're busy, it's relatively new, probably slipped our mind, or you were sick with something else that we want you to get over first. So sure. yeah, it I doesn't hurt to ask. Yes. Yep. Go ahead and ask. Remind and, us. Um, and who is it recommended for again? So if this person... Basically, um, adults, I believe the recommendation is 60 and over. I'd have to double check with CDC. Okay. We can check that during the break. Yes. Yeah. So, and I think one of the things that helps us as patients understand... Not every appointment we go in, we are covering all of our health things. If we're there for a specific reason, that's probably what we're focusing on, right? right? Um, right. The vaccines and those types of things, You, we usually include conversations like that on, uh, what do you call those appointments? Uh, the annual wellness visits? Uh, yes, on our annual wellness yep. visits too. So, so yeah. Here, I just checked CDC. Uh, it's 60 and older for the RSV. Okay. So, and that's not something you need a doctor's note for necessarily is that you could talk to your pharmacist okay so okay so there's other options Mm -hmm. to get that you don't have to get it that way all right sounds good thank you for that question good question because yes we have been talking about the rsv rsv shot on this radio program and how it is really um a great newer development for Mm -hmm. for the older population don't be afraid to ask your doctor yeah a good good way to help keep us safe from rsv so that's good Well, we're going to go to our next break. We have more questions coming in. Thank you for those. Excellent. Uh, We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Or if you have a specific medical myth you would like us to ask Dr. Cruz about today, give us a call now, 605-692-1430, 605-692-1430. 1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Frostbite is a type of injury caused by freezing. It leads to a loss of feeling and color in the areas it affects, usually extremities, such as the nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, and toes. Frostbite can permanently damage the body, and severe cases can lead to amputation. Frostbite should be checked by a health care provider. Call 697-9500 to see your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. This morning, Dr. Cruz is helping us address some of the medical myths we have heard and help us decide if any of them are true, true. or just myths. Or so, plausible. Or plausible. <laughs> plausible confirmed myth. Yes, yeah, very good. All right, we had a caller call in uh, about a medical myth. 
they heard. Can going out with a wet head give you a neck ache? All right. Well, this is very timely because I was wrote my essay talking about um, medical myths, and one of them that I delved into a little bit in my limited 500 words yes uh was going out with wet hair because that's one that i was it was drilled into me as a kid you cannot go out with wet hair and in college guess what i went out with wet hair all the time because i was usually running late for my morning class sure um there no going out with wet hair doesn't cause colds i wouldn't see why it would cause a neck ache or a headache um, the only thing I could find as far as medical literature regarding wet hair is going to bed with wet hair could increase your risk of um, developing like uh, dandruff or like a, a yeast infection mm. on the head just because that warm, moist uh, area next to, you know, against your pillow could put you at a higher risk for getting like a fungal infection on the scalp. Ah, so, okay. So there's that. Okay. But going outside. But going outside, nope. You don't catch cold from having wet hair. It might you be unpleasant. It might be unpleasant. Might be cold. Yep. But it's not going to cause a medical issue. No. It sounds like. Okay. Nope. Good one. Thank you for that call. Yes. That's a good one. If anyone else has a medical myth, give us a question. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Here's another one, Dr. Cruz. Does mm-hmm. eating turkey make you drowsy? Not any, I mean, the the theory is it has tryptophan, so that will make you drowsy. Um, the amount of mashed potatoes and rolls and gravy and the heavy meal that you're not used to eating all at one time probably also has some role into that. Um, the amount of tryptophan in turkey is actually less than the tryptophan, I believe, in a banana. So it's it really doesn't, um, we can't blame it all on the turkey. It's probably some of the setting plus if you've got a bunch of relatives in the house that you've been cooking it's probably a little bit warmer sure (laughs) you sit down on the couch watch a little football you fall asleep so no yeah okay good to know all of us know this now before we yes have our turkey here in a couple weeks feel free to blame it on the trip to fan if you need to if we need it if you need a nap just say oh i had a turkey sandwich but nope that is a myth Dr. Cruz gave us permission. Yeah. So that's good. All right. We had another call come in, Dr. Cruz. People um, people getting their COVID booster shot having health issues. Is this just that people, let's see here, is this correct or just people that have had COVID? So, okay. So, are people mm-hmm. who have had a COVID booster shot having health issues? Does a COVID booster shot cause health issues? Or is it just people who've had, had COVID, COVID that might have ongoing health issues? Okay. Um, that is a very good question. Let me, and, and several questions. I'm trying yes, to think which yes. question to answer. So for, perhaps first do yeah. COVID booster shots, booster shots cause health issues. Health issues. Um, there can be, I've seen some people get some localized reactions where they get a sore arm, um, you know, that issue. And I've had people where, yeah, the, if you, especially if you've had COVID and then you get the booster, you can get a little bit more aggressive response uh, where you'll feel crummy and tired for the next few days after getting the booster. Um, but as far as causing like long-term issues, I haven't seen or heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as Dr. Johnston is always famous for saying, 
the vaccine can't give you anything that's worse than the actual disease. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would say, you know, actually getting COVID, you're more likely to have these long-term problems and issues than anything a vaccine adverse reaction would cause. And now we're getting several years into having these vaccines out. So, you know, I can tell you I've had five. I have not had any issues with any of the five. My husband, after he had COVID, his next booster, he felt a little bit more tired and knocked down Mm -hmm. the next, you know, couple days after receiving that booster. Uh, But he's been, you know, after those two, three days, he was back to normal. So, you know, that I would say is more, you seem to have a little bit more aggressive immune response if you've had COVID um, personally, and then you get a booster. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I moving away from the boosters and now talking about COVID, mm-hmm. um, I feel like we're probably still learning, but there, I feel like I have heard about some long-term Term. health effects possibly mm-hmm. related to COVID. What are what do we yep. know about that? What are we still learning? We're still seeing a lot of chronic fatigue issues post-COVID. That seems to be the biggest thing. Loss of smell, sense of smell, sense of taste. I've seen people where they've dealt with that for months to over a year. Um, so those seem to be the biggest ones that we're seeing post-COVID of people having to deal with is just that extensive fatigue where they just can't you know they're just tired all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. okay so those that's kind of the difference there thank you for that Mm -hmm. question a great question about covid boosters and about the long-term effects of um, covid all right another question for you dr cruz does cracking joints cause arthritis no they do not. And there is actually, this is one where the scientist put his life on the line for research. There was a scientist who cracked the knuckles in one hand every day and left his other hand as the control. And he did not have arthritis in the hand that he cracked his knuckles. So while it is annoying, while it sounds awful, you're basically uh, gapping the joint, causing a, a small bubble in your synovial fluid that fluid that lubricates the joint and when the joint goes back that bubble pops just like snapping your gum so basically you're snapping your gum but it's in the joints does not cause arthritis just sounds awful and i hate it when my son does it (laughs) right (laughs) but it will not cause arthritis the uh, he did it for uh, years i mean we're talking several decades that he committed to this research yep Uh, i'll again our next break i will find his name but i was very (laughs) amazed with that study Yes. So. You mentioned gum, Dr. Cruz. Yes. Uh, does gum just live in our stomachs no. for a long amount of time? No. <laughs> if we swallow it? Nope. No. It does not stay there. For, I have seen gum on when I've done endos- endoscopies where we look down with the camera and yes. I have seen a wad of chewed gum in someone's stomach, but it does not stay there for seven years. It will pass through. It's not digested. It will pass in your stool. So despite what you're teacher told you it does not stay in your stomach for seven years okay good to know well it's time for us to go to our final break we thank you for listening to prairie doc radio on kbrk and on our podcast we will return following this informative message from the avera medical group frostbite is a type of injury caused by freezing it leads to a loss of feeling and color in the areas it affects usually extremities such as the nose ears cheeks chin fingers and toes 
Frostbite can permanently damage the body and severe cases can lead to amputation. Frostbite should be checked by a healthcare provider. Call 697-9500 to see your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here answering our questions and we're talking about different medical myths. Dr. Cruz, you have an update for us yes, from your research here. So I found Dr. Donald Unger cracked the knuckles on his left hand at least twice a day for over 50 years. Oh my goodness. Never cracked those on his right hand in order to prove his mother wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Received a Nobel Prize. Never developed arthritis in either hand. Got a Nobel Prize in 2009 for it. Oh, fun. That's a fun story. What what an interesting way of of researching it. But he did that, so. Yes. Now you know. 50 years. (laughs) Well, I still have a whole list of myths. Dr. Cruz, but I, know. I guess we have to wrap up today. We're about out of time. So maybe before we close, in general, what do you recommend? If we hear a medical myth, someone's recommending, oh, you should try this. My grandma said this, or I saw this on TikTok. What do you recommend we do to kind of verify, like, yeah, that's fine. Give it a shot. Or no, you probably shouldn't do that. Um, I would always say, does it sound one, does it sound reasonable? And usually most of these have some bit of, yeah, that's, I could believe that. Like sure. cracking knuckles. I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds, sounds like a bad idea. Sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, ask ask your doctor. Um, yeah, Look for reputable sources. If the, I always say, if the website that you found it on presents it as a problem and they're the only one with the solution and they're willing to sell it for you for the low, low price of, mm-hmm. you know, fill in the blank, it's probably a myth. Mm-hmm. It's probably not true. Um, if they're the only ones that have the corner market on this secret truth, that always is highly suspicious. Because mm-hmm. um, if something is really that amazing and groundbreaking, it would be spread. You know, that, that knowledge would be disseminated and usually replicated by multiple sources. Um, so, you know, and I would always ask when they would say something, you know, what's the mechanism? How does this work? Why why does this work? Why would this happen? So, you know, just looking at it with a thoughtful um, eye and, and just ask a lot of questions. It, does this sound reasonable? Um, and then, yeah, looking for reliable sources. You know, if it's on mayoclinic.com, that's pretty good. Clevelandclinic.com, WebMD, you know, all of those are reputable medical sources, you know. Uh, you know, looking at CDC, you know, uh, National Institute of Health, NIH, all of those. Um, but if it's some weird website you have never heard of, that would always, you know, look out for the snake oil salesman. They're, they're still out there. All right. Thank you. Well, that was a fun show. Thank you, Dr. Mm-hmm. Cruz. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.